0: Welcome to Creatively Human, a podcast for online business owners and creatives that goes beyond the work and dives deep into why we do what we do, the struggles and wins we face along the way, and how we fit it all into the kind of life we want to live. I'm your host, Ruth Poundwhite, and I help creatives grow their businesses in ways that fit around their life and values. Today's chat is with Elizabeth Goddard, who started out as a tech VA and blogging about chronic illness and who now helps people with all things business strategy, especially email marketing. This conversation is so full of useful business advice. And Lizzie has a really unique take on how she does things that doesn't always match what the experts will tell you. But it's definitely working for her in terms of how much she enjoys what she does and how many people she gets to help. We cover a lot in this one, from working around chronic illness to helping people for free and the power of launching quickly. Enjoy! Hi Lizzie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Can you explain a bit about what you do and how you came to do it? Oh gosh, that is a,
1: that is a big question. <laughs> um, so right now I'm calling myself an online business strategist slash coach sometimes. I have a love-hate relationship with the word coach. And I'm also uh, one of the first four ConvertKit certified experts. Um, so I do a lot to do with Convert I teach people, I do one-to-one, I help people with Convert Kit. So my my background though is before I started doing like the strategy side of it, and almost like what I call telling people what to do in their business, I was working as a tech VA, a virtual assistant. And I accidentally fell into that because a few oh, which year was it? 2013, I um In 2013, I had a friend who was very into the lifestyle design world and she introduced me to this lifestyle design world, which led into like the woo manifesting world which led to the online business world and I started a business called the pillow fort which was for young people with chronic illness I was too ill to work at the time I was living on disability benefits I had chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia which is a type of chronic pain and I started this this business and I loved that business and I learned so much about online business through doing that And then my health improved a lot and I decided I wanted to be a maths teacher. So I got a place on a maths teacher training course and I had six months to kill before the course started. And I looked at my skill set and I knew about VAs and I'm like, oh, well, I will just offer to be a VA for six months because I was already quite connected in the online business world from the pillow fort business, but I'd never done anything for anyone else in like a service role. Um, So I announced as a VA for six months. I very quickly got a bunch of clients and I increased my rates and I just, within about two weeks, I just couldn't remember why on earth I wanted to be a teacher. So I never, I, I always joke that most VAs start as VAs and very quickly become something else. Whereas I very definitely started as a temporary VA and accidentally became permanent. Um, and then my business has evolved from there, from doing the VA work into helping people with the strategy and also all of the convert kit stuff.
0: Oh, that's so interesting! So you, yeah, you just did it temporarily, and you found out that you really loved to do it.
1: Yeah, to be able to be paid to do what I was doing before, which was faff about on the internet all day, being able to wear my pajamas, be able to work from home, and to be paid for doing things that are just fun and i would do anyway was just like revolutionary to me that i'm like this is the best thing ever mm. i sussed out the meaning of life you know
0: <laughs> so cool um before we continue can you just explain what convertkit is
1: yes absolutely so convertkit is a email service provider um it's like uh, mailchimp or aweber active campaign there are much fancier ones called Infusionsoft and Entreport, but it's a way to collect people's email addresses and send them marketing emails. Um, and it's, it's ConvertKit superpowers. It's very good for automation. So you can like set things up and forget it. And it's also very good for segmenting. So pinpointing exactly which marketing messages, which marketing emails you're going to send to each person.
0: Yeah, and I actually found you because of the ConvertKit Facebook group. Yes, and you are just so helpful in there. Like, I—I I mean, anyone would think <laughs> that you were paid to be there because you're so so helpful. You're always in there answering questions, giving free advice. And I wondered if you could just talk a bit about that and how it's like—it's kind of your business strategy in a way, just to be so
1: helpful it is it became that way so i started using convertkit myself at the beginning of 2016 and i switched um, the pillow fort from mailchimp to convertkit and i set it up and i really liked it and in like people were i was working as a va at the time and people started saying can someone help me migrate to convertkit and set me up in convertkit and i'm just like oh yeah, I, I I can do that for people. Um, so I started doing that for people and I found it was a very, I think it was in the hundreds at the time, the Kit family official Facebook group. And I started um, helping people in there. And I didn't really have like an agenda. I just, like, I don't know if you've heard of Danielle Lepore, Um, core desired feelings, the design map. One of my core desired feelings is helpful. I, I love to feel helpful. It motivates so much of what I do. And I just found this like, almost audience to receive my helpfulness on a daily basis. And I don't know what it is about helping in the Facebook groups, but I get such a buzz from it. Like, it's just like endless questions that I get a thrill from answering and I have this silly game I play with myself where I try to have the correct answer under the comment, under the post, whilst it still says it was posted just now. Like that's my, that's my goal. And I achieve it most days, like at least every few days I achieve this goal. Um, and it, unexpl- like I did it because I love it, but it's turned into such a fantastic marketing like tool for me because it's really helped with my positioning like everyone if, if you've ever had a convert kit question and you've posted it on Facebook somewhere chances are someone has tagged me or I have come and answered it and just getting known in that way for helping people and if you help people for free when they need help as soon as they've got like a bigger task or a bigger project or they are looking to hire someone you're going to be top of their list because you helped them for free when they needed it so it's it's just it's just worked out that way but it's it's such a a win-win marketing method for me
0: yeah i mean if i thought about need anyone needed help with convertkit i would definitely Think of you. That that would be the first thing that I would do.
1: I get tagged so many times a day, all over Facebook, from people. It's like I get summoned to come and help. But I love it. Like I love going and helping people, and I am so grateful to everyone who does think of me and tag me whenever someone is looking for ConvertKit help.
0: Do you ever go a bit mad being in Facebook so much?
1: I don't like. I I I think I have a quite healthy relationship with Facebook. I have I have a, a extension on my computer called um, Newsfeed Eradicator. Mm. So I, when I'm on Facebook, I don't see my news feed. I only I can go into groups. I can go to people. I can see my notifications, but I can't just scroll. So. If I get tagged, or if someone po- I get a notification that someone has posted in the group, then I can go and answer it. But I don't mindlessly find my because I can't mindlessly scroll on Facebook on my computer. So, yeah, I I think it must be my personality type, but I don't I don't feel the sort of stress and anxiety that some people do with the like overwhelm of Facebook. Yeah. I just don't really feel that.
0: That's really good. Um, going back to helping people for free. I mean. One of the traditional things you hear in sort of online marketing is that, oh, don't do so much for free because everyone <laughs> there'll there'll be freebie seekers and they'll never buy your stuff. And it's just, I love the way that, that you do things differently. And it's not just about that, but in your Facebook groups, you share stuff about business in general and you don't always yeah. have the same opinions of as the traditional online marketers. I really love that you do things your way. Do you find it difficult sometimes sharing these opinions? Do you think it helps with uh, making more meaningful relationships with your customers, doing things a bit differently?
1: I think I think it does, and it was a fairly. It was. It must have been like early last year. I really kind of hit my stride with my voice and doing things my way, and. I'm an absolute course training coaching junkie. I've probably spent like 50, 60 grand on courses training coaching over the last five or six years. So I know what everyone else thinks about everything. And at some point, I just like consciously gave myself permission to see what would happen if I did things differently. And I spend quite a lot of time thinking about, well, what's the worst case scenario here? Like, if this is truly a terrible decision that I make, what's the worst case scenario? And my business at the size it is, worst case scenario does not usually involve me like losing all my customers and clients and making no money it doesn't usually involve that like that's usually fairly stable and steady and the the biggest risk to most of the weird things i try is kind of reputational but generally when you try something different people pay attention because the online business world is just so samey it's so monotonous like especially if you're b2b everyone can see straight through everything and if you do something a little bit differently, especially if you explain, and I think this has been really helpful for me trying new things, explaining why you're trying it differently, then people's ears prick up and they're like, "Oh, well, that's new. Let's 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 watch this. Let's see what happens here." Um, so, a couple of examples of things I have tried, which I like doing um you're meant to send like one call to action per email um if you're on my email list i will put 20 plus links mm-hmm. in one email like they are bumper emails for all sorts of random things linking all over the place and quite often i'll send one of these ridiculous emails my open rates are high and I can attribute quite a lot of money from all sorts of different places to any given email I send. So I know it's, I know it's working. And a lot of people who try and um, send emails on a consistent basis, like I'll email once a week, people end up emailing for the sake of emailing, even though they haven't got anything to say. So I kind of feel like I have a deal with my audience that if I'm sending an email, they know that there was a point to that email and they should probably open it because there was something good in there, you know? Yep. Um, and another another experiment, which I, I love it so much, and I, I wish it would catch on. Um, in in the age we are in now of funnels where no one knows what kind of like all the offers are. So we get the freebie and that's all we can see. And we're like, but what do they sell? What do they do? What's coming next? I have a page on my website called an everything page. And on it, I list every single freebie I've got with a direct link to it and every single paid offer that I have got available at the moment. And I just love this page because people are so grateful to be able to just like overview, see everything without without having to like go through the like predetermined routes that I have decided for them to being able to access my different things. So. People, I, I really wanted to catch on. People really like this page, and I think it's so against the norms of what we're told to do that people haven't yet got the confidence to start creating this page. But I'm going to make one. I love it. Like I would love if other businesses had this, and that's it's, an, it's another one of my like um guiding factors for everything I do is thinking about: Would I like other people to do this? Would do I like other people? when they do this. And if I don't like it when other people do it, I would never do it in my business because that's out of alignment. But if I would like other people to do it, then I'm like, well, maybe it's for me to try this and see if this works. Because someone's going to hit on... <laughs> I keep thinking this. like I talk about this all the time with my wife. Um, someone is going to hit on the new challenges, the new webinars, the new funnel. Like all these buzzword trends in the online business world, someone is going to hit on the new big one and it's more likely to be me trying new weird things than it is someone who is doing exactly what everyone else is saying 6 months later
0: i love the idea of your everything page like i think i need to make one because the other thing is people don't always know what you have you think that you talk about it all the time sometimes but they don't hear
1: it they don't know what you've got available and and that's actually like like you say people say you shouldn't give away too much for free and i'm like but often when the, the people who are saying you shouldn't give away too much for free usually have far more established businesses where people know what's going on. But and I, I'm I'm not I'm not advocating for doing work for free, but information and a little bit of customized advice. I think that's totally fine to give away for free. I have a personal policy. I don't log in for free. I will not log into someone's account unless I'm being paid, um, which is my personal boundary and policy. But a lot of times people are just like, don't give away too much for free. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not selling anything either. So like not clearly selling anything. What would they be buying? They couldn't, you know.
0: I love that boundary you have about not logging in. That yeah. just, I guess that makes it so easy to know when to draw the line when you're helping people for free.
1: Yeah. I will spend 10, 15 minutes back and forth with someone. Um, but it. I just know that I, I won't... Because also, for me, if I log into someone's ConvertKit account, even if I'm just answering one question, I will see at least half a dozen other things that I want to comment about too. So it just... It's like opening Pandora's box if I log into someone's account and I want to be paid for that. But it's working really well as a as a as a boundary for the not going too far with the free help.
0: Going back to sharing how you do things your way, I mean, I'm in your Kit club and mm-hmm. I've always watched your training videos because I just love having a, a different opinion on things I just love hearing the way you talk about things and one of the things one of the things I really like is how you're constantly putting out stuff putting out training and trying new things and going from idea to putting it live so quickly and you actually had a training about that fast launching yes so I'd love to just talk a bit about that and your mindset behind just having an idea and putting it out there quickly
1: So I did, yeah, I did this um, training in, I think it was February, called The Fast Guide to Launching. And I had been working with um, clients in much more of a like coaching strategy capacity than I had been before. And I just kind of realized at some point that so many people in the online business world are so overwhelmed with information and ideas about how to do things. Like they've done all the courses and there's just so much stuff out there that they think they need to be doing to get something out in the world. And the number of people I have met who are planning their signature course for six plus months and, you know, they're talking about it, it's coming, they're working on it, they're planning it, all of this nonsense. They've invested six months of their lives into it. They haven't been list building or doing anything much else in the time between it, like in this launch period. It's not really a launch if you're just planning it, but anyway, and then they launch it and a handful of people sign up and it's all just a bit, wop wop. And it's just like, you could have had the same results if you'd have done that three weeks after you had the idea. And then I, I keep talking with my clients about this idea of real world data. So many businesses, when they start to offer courses, they start to offer things that are not their one-to-one work. You've got to have real world data about how your audience and the audience you can access are gonna to respond to what you're creating. And you need to pick up the pace about getting new things out there. So if you launch something in three weeks, it may be a complete flop. And if you, it is a complete flop, you will know why it was a complete flop and you can try again in the following three weeks. But if you've spent six months doing it and it's a complete flop, you've just wasted six months. But sometimes, and this does happen with my clients, they will get something out there in three, four weeks and it will be a huge success. And then they can build on that again quickly. But the the reason I started doing fast launches is because I get all my best ideas in the shower and it's like it gets to the point where I'm just like nervous to have a shower because I'm just like oh god what if I get an idea today and I started getting these ideas in the shower and I can't really explain it but it's like sometimes they just download fully formed into my head there is nothing for me to plan or think about they just like arrive in my head fully formed and when they come like that i'm so excited to do them that it will be three hours later and i will still be wrapped in my towel at my computer um but the sales page will be done and i will have sent the launch email and it will be go time with it and people are signing up and buying and quite often quite often i'll like run from the shower to my computer and i was like did you have an idea my, emma's my wife and she'll be like have you had an idea and i'm like yeah i've had mm-hmm. an idea <laughs> And, but this, 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 everyone just needs to pick up the pace and it's not, it's not a, I I do want to clarify that I have, I still do fast launch, but I have slowed it down and I'm a bit more methodical and slightly calmer with my energy for it. But in that earlier phase of business, people just need to be moving way faster. And my fast launch outline, I think really lays out the absolute essentials of what needs to happen and what trips people up in terms of procrastination that takes them months
0: yeah yeah I love that philosophy because I know that I personally get very overwhelmed also there's that thing when you're you have loads of ideas you get excited about them and then you kind of lose interest a bit if you take too long over it or you might even talk yourself out of doing it for whatever reasons in your head definitely so i want to go back a bit to you mentioned how you uh, had chronic illness and and you said mm-hmm. you, it, it improved a bit but do you still have you shaped your work around it does it affect your business
1: yeah it yeah so i've had um i first became ill when i was 16 it, at the time i was complaining of a a chronic headache but it was later diagnosed as chronic fatigue syndrome which is what it was all along and My health has been up and down over the past, where are we, like 12 and a half years now. Um, Times where it's not really affected me and times where a few years ago I was pretty much housebound. Um, I only went out once a week and for about an hour and that was too much for me. And I was really, really ill with it. And I feel like I have created a life in which I can show up fully and I can operate fully but I know that if I were to need to get a full-time job which I have no intention to ever do but if I needed a full-time job I wouldn't be able to do that I wouldn't be able to have a full-time job so the way my business really works around my health um am I'm, I'm just very and very upfront about my health no one works with me in any Almost meaningful capacity without knowing that I do have mild chronic fatigue syndrome. And sometimes that can almost change plans a little bit. So I don't want to work with someone who doesn't know that because if they're not understanding about that, it's not going to be a good fit. So I'm very upfront about it. And I really try to be kind and gentle to myself at all times. And for me, that looks like not really having much of a routine um I kind of get up at like whenever I get up and some days I will watch a lot of TV in the day some days I will just get on with work and I kind of work I, I joke like I work from like 9 a.m to 10 p.m but it's it's working a bit and then it's watching TV a bit and I might go for a walk and if I'm having a bit of a rubbish day I might go back to bed for an hour I might work in bed for a little bit. And it's just this really flexible approach I have with my energy. And I just kind of go with whatever's happening. And the other thing that does happen from time to time, and it happened yesterday, actually, um, I also get get migraines and I do get other health problems too. And yesterday I had a, a group call for one of my group programs and I had a migraine. And I had to reschedule that call with all of them. And I've kind of learned to trust that if I need to reschedule a call because of my health, it's best for everybody. And do you, have you ever had it when you've got like a call with someone and then you're kind of just been like, oh, we've got the call today, I've got to show up. And then they email and be like, I need to reschedule. And you just feel this overwhelming relief that yeah. it's going to be rescheduled. I, Whenever I um, have to reschedule a call due to my health, I almost set the energy and intention that they are going to be so relieved and so happy that I am doing Mm -hmm. this. And quite often I will get people reply and be like, oh my goodness, thank goodness we're rescheduling it. So because I'm sending that energy out with the rescheduling, it's never really been a problem. Like No one's ever been bothered because I trust no believe that it's always going to be best for everybody when that happens. And then I don't feel so so bad I still feel bad that I'm rescheduling don't get me wrong um I don't want to be inconvenient to anyone but I try and trust that actually it's going to be better for everybody involved
0: yeah that makes sense and um moving on slightly on a tangent from that you and your wife when you got married you took off like was it a month yes we took off a whole month and were you both um sort of service providers at the time
1: yes both VAs both working as VAs at the time
0: yeah so that is quite a thing to do when you've got clients (laughs) to take a whole month off from, from your business
1: yeah um we both knew that we wanted to take a proper honeymoon um and because we've spoken to friends who've had honeymoons and we've spoken to friends who plan to have a honeymoon later it never quite happened so we were determined to take off and to have a proper honeymoon and we found uh, a cruise that went from Athens to Abu Dhabi through the Middle East it was like a two-week cruise and we're just like this is it this is this is what we want to do for our honeymoon and then the way the dates worked it's just like well we're going to be taking off a month then and we had about six months lead time, and I guess it's because of the relationship we have with our clients. Like, yes, yes, we work for them, and yes, like they pay us to do a job. But we talk to them kind of every day, and they're they they're sort of friends as well as clients. And we planned it really well. We organised cover handover people to do our work we had an emergency email address in case they desperately needed to contact us about something and we pulled it off we went for a month we didn't lose any clients Um, everyone was fine and I think this is quite a lot of what I approach all of my business like but I kind of just decide things are going to be fine and I think if you go into something with the energy of, oh, this is really bad. Oh, is this going to work? Oh, like all of that, then everyone around you picks up on that. But if you go into things kind of with this energy of, it's going to be fine. Like everyone is going to be fine. Then people feel reassured by your energy about that. So yeah, we took off a month and it went really well. We had an incredible honeymoon came back, all our clients were there and, and it was, it was, it was all fine. (laughs) But I speak to a lot of people who are just like mind blown that we managed to do this, but you just have to be organized. And we preempted every eventuality. The hardest thing of it actually was that we did have internet on the cruise ship. And I was on Facebook every day, and I was checking my email every day, and I was in the ConvertKit family Facebook group every day, and I had to, I had to be so strict with myself not to comment, not to reply, not to do anything. I had to take the time so I could watch it all unfold. But I, yeah, I had to make sure that I didn't actually comment or engage because I was, I was taking the time off. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I am um, I planned ahead and I took maternity leave from my business. Oh, that's a big
1: one that people have to do, yeah. Planning for 3 yeah. months,
0: yeah, and and I ended up taking longer, but it was it was really hard to stop myself from doing anything cuz you know, when you actually like running your business, yeah. It's a bit addictive sometimes. It is. It is. I was still doing it and um I just had to force myself on days when I had no sleep and things. I just had to think, I literally don't need to do anything. I, I purposefully <laughs> planned for this. So I had to just force myself.
1: It's true. It's true. When when you love what you do, you, you can't help yourself, really. It's really right. hard <laughs> not to do it because it doesn't feel like work. Like That's the beauty of it. When it's not yeah. work, it's just an extension of you and it's just I have such a love-hate relationship with the word work people always ask me like how many hours do you work like how much do you work and I'm like but which bits of my life are you defining as work And which are you just defining as me chatting to people on Facebook but it just so happened that I helped them and mm. they may pay me for something in future but then that may or may not also be work you know like it's such a weird what is work
0: <laughs> yeah true Am I right in saying that you and your wife work together on some projects?
1: Uh, Sort of, sort of. We sort of dance around this. So I have my clients, she has her clients, and we have a Facebook group together, which is for both of our past clients and friends that we choose to invite in, which is a really fun group of people to have in a Facebook group because it's not like a free group and it's not like a paid course group, but it's kind of like this Mm -hmm. hybrid. So I love our group we have together. Um, We did uh, a co-working group together and that was like our first proper together thing called Get Shit Done Club. Um, And that was very much a together project that we ran. And we have so many ideas for doing things together. Like, should we do an Agency together where we launch, help people launch. Shall we, you know, do events together and retreats together? And we have had overlapping clients, but where we have had overlapping clients, they have had separate relationships with us. It just so happens that we are together physically, if that makes sense. So we're planning to do more together. but it's a uh, it's sort of, we sort of work together.
0: <laughs> What's it like? What's it like when you work together? Do you ever get fed up with each other?
1: <laughs> we, we don't. And I, growing up through secondary school and university, I have always been the most independent person like in the world. Like I'm so independent, happy with myself, you know, and I am constantly shocked at the relationship I have found myself in, whereby we spend all of our time together. Like every waking hour, we are together. We, we're we just always together. We're always talking together. We're just always physically together all the time. And I'm so surprised that I'm in a relationship like that. But it it just works. Like, I don't get fed up with her. I don't need to spend time away from her. We have we have separate offices. I think that's important to clarify. We have separate offices, and those offices do have doors, but the door is only ever shut when we're in calls or recording videos, pretty much. And we're always calling through to each other, hey, have you got a minute to look at this? Can you and you know, like when we have lunch and go for a walk, we're talking about our clients and businesses and ideas and all of this and I don't know like I if I wasn't in a relationship like the one I'm in I wouldn't believe it's possible but I'm in it and it is. <laughs> That's great. And it
0: must be really good to have someone who knows what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it, and and it's and it's a it's a further blurring of this like work and home life line because everything we're in the same industry we're like oh did you see so-and-so's post in this group and oh what do you think about that and like so-and-so's done a live like all the time everything it's just our entire lives together and you know we'll sit down in the evening sometimes instead of Netflix we'll put on some training video or Facebook live or (laughs) something which sounds so nerdy um but we both I mean, I'm more obsessed with the online business world and my business than she is with hers, but she is super into it. And it's, yeah, we're just, there's just a bubble of life and online business.
0: Right, I'm going to wrap things up a bit now because we've been talking for a while. Yes. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of parting questions before we go. So first one is, what is your number one business
1: tip? My number one business tip is to... Make sure you're having fun with your business, and I think people forget that having a business is like the ultimate vehicle for doing fun, random things with your life under the guise of having a business. And the, if if every not everything needs to be a business decision, not everything needs to make sense. In the context of your wider business, some things you can just do for fun. If you want to get a desire tote bags made with your logo on and send them to all your clients because that feels really fun to you, you should do that. Like you should trust the fun, random things that you have the ideas to do that your vehicle, your business will be a vehicle to allow you to do.
0: Love it. That's a great tip. <laughs> okay, number two is there a person you'd really like to meet?
1: Oh, gosh, I saw you asked me this in advance. So I've been thinking about this quite a lot since you sent me this question was coming. And I don't really like meeting people I want to meet. <laughs> so what I mean by that is I just find it kind of awkward and uncomfortable And I am an extrovert and I am, I'm not an awkward person, but there's just something about people like I want to meet or people I respect or people I find interesting. And I just become really awkward. So, like, I've met like my favorite band, Tegan and Sarah. I've seen them, gosh, like 63 times in like 10 countries. And like, I really, really love them. And the times I meet them, I'm always kind of just like, I'd rather not. Like, I just want to watch you play and be funny. That's all I want from you. I don't need to meet you. I just, like, I force myself to do it, but I'm also really deeply uncomfortable by it. So people I want to meet, I don't really want to meet, I think is my answer. Oh,
0: well, I can relate, but that's because I am an awkward introvert. So. (laughs) right okay well thank you thank you for this really great interview i just want to wrap up by asking you where can people go to find out more about you and what you do
1: yes so my website is elizabethgoddard.co.uk and you can also click on the link in the menu that says everything and you will see everything that i offer and do
0: (laughs) oh thank you so much i really really enjoyed this conversation thank you for so much for having me it's been fun Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. It would really help me and the podcast if you could take a moment to review, rate and subscribe. I'd also really love to hear from you on Instagram at Ruth where I like to get a bit philosophical about online business. And you can find me on my website, ruthpoundwhite.com, where you can read the episode show notes, subscribe to my behind the scenes newsletter, or read more about my own experience of running a creative online business.